Hello everyone and welcome to China's Corner. My name is China. This is my podcast. And today we are going to be talking about friends, boundaries, growing up and separations. I hope you're ready because I surely was not. Let's go. So, when it comes to making friends, has anyone noticed that it is exceptionally difficult <laughs> to make friends as an adult? Listen, when I was a child, when we were all children, it was easy to run up to a stranger, which was kind of problematic. <laughs> as a child, you can't just run up to a stranger, especially if you're five and that stranger is 42 and is in a van, but that's neither here nor there. But how we used to run up to each other and just be like, you're my best friend. You're my friend. Come change with me. Here's a cookie. Like, let's play chalk together. Um, and now, as adults, it's become like, is this person going to dig me? Are they not going to dig me? And for those individuals who are like, I don't care. I just do me. And if they don't like me, they don't like me. Kudos to you, right? Let's do a round of applause. Let's make that clap, right? For those who still have that childlike, that nonchalant mentality where they don't care if someone likes them or not. Like, even as a child, when someone was like, no, I don't want to play with you, it may have hurt for a split second. But then there was just another kid around the corner who was like, yo, I'll play with you. I'll trade you half my peanut butter and jelly sandwich for like that empty snail shell you found three seconds ago, right? So for those of you who still have that mentality, congratulations. And for those of you who don't, I completely understand you. I personally have an issue with human beings in in general. They frighten me, (laughs) which I feel is not very bad to say, considering nowadays, like when you're a child, you don't understand how scary the world is because you don't understand what scary is, right? You always see that the world is brand new and that I don't know that person, I don't know that thing, what's that color, what's that smell, what's that taste, what's that sound. You're just full of curiosity, which is amazing. And as an adult, as an adult, I understand, I still have that curiosity in me because you start to understand that you absolutely know nothing whatsoever, right? What you think you know, you don't actually know. And what you know could change at any moment in time. The only thing that is constant in life is change. And it is the most irritating yet positive thing that I've ever experienced. When you are making um, friends as a child, the possibility is endless. Mostly because you still have the capability of having an open mind of saying, you know, hey, my friend wants to try this new thing. I don't even know what it is. So I can't say I don't like it until I try it. As an, as an adult, when, we, when a friend wants to try something new, depending on you, your situation, your traumas, your dramatics, your triggers, your history, experience in life, you might not even want to try that thing. Like my coworkers are like, hey, we should go out we should do this, we should do that, and I'm like, or I can just clock out and not talk to you guys ever again, 
until the next business day, which is kind of like logical, right? Because just like in normal friendships, you may have people at work who are only trying to get close to you so they can figure out how they can beat you or sabotage you, which is a negative way of thinking, which I'm not really sure if we as individuals think about on a daily basis. Like for me, based on my traumas and my experiences and my etceteras, my first thing is to put up like a togepi you know, shell around me, right? Like to just burrow my head into, not even my head, my entire body into the sand of just being like, yo, is it safe? Right? And that's kind of sad, but at the same time, like there's that aspect of the brain where you're like, okay, if I come in, will people like me or are people going to be as trifling as they've always been? And then there's the whole concept of like, I'm coming in, I'm going to make friends, we're all going to be great. We're all going to hang out. We're all going to become great, a huge family at work because my family at home is great too. But like I need to have a, um, how you say, a round, a well-rounded life, right? Um, so it really just depends. Lately, um, since moving back home, when I first got home, my initial, because I was severely traumatized from working in a very, um, a very kind of I don't want it's not unilateral it's not mono it's like homogenous that's the word a very homogenous area it kind of put me in a certain mind frame for when I came back to uh, the south which is a pretty diverse area um, <laughs> the difference in cultures, the difference in people in general is astounding. And so it's not as, uh, as an adult, like the traumatic experience between becoming, going from a homogenous area to a more um, diverse area is a very interesting concept because like, especially me. I'm what most people, when I was younger, would be called an Oreo, right? Um, nice and chocolate on the outside and a nice, interesting cream filling, no pun intended. And I kind of was in this in-between state where I would speak a certain way so nobody wanted to hang with me, but then I wasn't, I was the, um, I wouldn't say the wrong shade, but it was just a little bit more difficult to find individuals who were, who may have had the same familiar tone as me, but didn't quite look like me to kind of find that connection that we had together. Like, oh, you've been through adversity. I've been through adversity because the worst adversity that someone in the, in Colorado had been in was that they didn't get their allowance. And I'm like, what's an allowance? (laughs) I was just grateful to have a roof over my head, which changed every other so often. So that kind of makes it easier to make friends because now the people that I speak with connect with me on a level that I too and they too can understand. And also as an adult, it's a lot easier 
when you have that connection because you can connect on a level that is I don't know how to say it. It's it's more of like it's mature. It's like, hey, we made it. <laughs> we made it. We made it. Congratulations. High five. Pat on the back. You're great. <laughs> right? Because it's it's really nice to have that. Um, so as an adult I've realized that the friends I did have or do have, we now have gone our own way, right? Some other fr- a lot of my friends have gotten married. Um, my friends are starting to have children now. They are starting their own businesses. They are growing their portfolios, both in real estate and in stock, which kudos, high five, pat on the back, slap on the butt, ruffle the hair, proud of you. And then there are some that I no longer converse with, period, right? So we're not going to talk about the ones I no longer converse with. We're going to strictly stick to the ones that are still around. But now I have to, and I'm sure if you can relate to this, please leave a comment on one of my socials. It is China's Corner on all of them across the board. I, I'm too lazy to put any extra numbers or things like that in the name, or so she, it should be easy to find. But as we get older, if you haven't adjusted well, um, or if you have like something called like arrested development, you kind of don't get the understanding that now we don't talk as much. So now we have to spend that time actively and intentionally finding time to spend with each other, right? So as previously mentioned, my friends are getting married and it's, you know, we all know that stage, right? If you didn't get married in your young 20s, in your mid 20s and early 30s are definitely a time where you see a lot of your friends getting married and having kids and buying homes and starting businesses and essentially doing things that you thought you would be doing or maybe you didn't think you would be doing depending on your um, expectations for your life but you start to see that people are starting to put more things into their schedule either voluntarily or involuntarily where they kind of you they kind of have to pencil you in now right and I've noticed this because my younger sister at one point she was my friend like with my best friends and she now has two children so she really doesn't have time to well she has time but she doesn't really have time to call and text like she used to um it's gotten to a point where you remember when when you're teenagers and in middle school you would text right away because you had absolutely nothing to do and you were probably stalling from doing homework and you know you just you you had more time, you had less responsibilities. Whereas now as an adult, you have bills to pay, you have mouths to feed, and you know that nothing in this world is free, which is something that I wish a lot of adults would instruct their children at at least middle school to high school age, where they're gonna, where they would sit down and say, you know, hey, here is a class for uh, transitioning from um, teenager to young adult to and then in college or even in trade school they would have here is a course for you turning into a young adult into a full-blown adult where they sit and they talk about balancing checkbooks and um, opening up certain brokerages accounts 529 for the kids trust the difference between a DBA and LLC and S Corp and a C Corp and like a sole proprietorship as well um, like how to get your EIN, 
how to file your taxes, how to avoid paying taxes when you hit a certain threshold in your income, how to not commingle your income and your um, profits and stuff, like why it's important and beneficial for you to have a nonprofit or like just different things, and especially in the social aspect of friendship, where it's like, okay, in middle school, you had no life but each other. In high school, you're starting to get into the life of what it feels like to have a significant other. And then in college and in the afterlife, <laughs> you will start to kind of assimilate to an actual adulthood where now you have careers and you have spouses maybe and you have mortgages maybe and you have businesses maybe and you have life crisis maybe and you have actual traumatic events happen like parents are getting older and you know you may lose someone in your life and you just have to understand that especially for children who grow up fast they may suffer from something called arrest development which is where you become emotionally stunted at that age and so you kind of find it hard to process because you're still stuck in certain areas of your life where you've been traumatized which stops you from actually growing mentally and even if you don't have that aspect to have someone there who can talk you through the transitions of life is still exceptionally helpful right because it lets you it it keeps you from saying oh my friends don't like me anymore too that's not true my friends just have a life now right Instead of us spending every single waking moment together, now we get to breathe and miss each other. Now we can do one of those things where you see on like coffee shops where friends will scream at the opposite side of the room and then run up to each other and then scream in each other's faces about how they miss each other and how it's been so long. Now you get those moments and those moments are the moments that most people live for because they're like, yo, I haven't seen you in forever. You look great. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in forever. You look great. Oh my gosh, your boobs look so good. Girl, your butt looks amazing. Where's your stomach? You know, like those good moments where it's just like, yes, right? Catch me up. Give me the tea. Give me the tea on your life. Those moments, right? So it's very important. So we went from difference between making a child, being a child, making friends, which is just like, you're my best friend. Okay, let's go. To as an adult, where you're just like, are they gonna like me? Do I do I want to like them? Like, is can I tolerate them? Like, I already have so much stuff going on in my life, and now I have to tolerate another human being. It is something to think about, right? And then as your friendship grows, this moves a fantastic transition into the next subject, which is boundaries. So during my few years of solitude, isolation, and um, growth mentally, which took a lot of energy out of me, people, like, first and foremost, friendships help you grow and reflect, the good ones do, and they help you kind of come to terms with certain things that happen in your life, like losing a parent, like losing a spouse, like losing a child, like losing a job, like losing a house, we're not Dr. Seuss, okay, we're not Dr. Seuss, but... I'm just saying good friends help you with that. But at the same time, you have to set boundaries. And I learned this while going to therapy, right? I have a horrendous, horrendous track record of setting boundaries. Why? 
well, first of all, you're exceptionally nosy, okay, you're, wow, excruciatingly <laughs> nosy, let me, we just met, okay, you know, do you even know my last name, and no, it's Matt Corner, okay, although, you know, that'd be a pretty dope last name, but since you asked, um, since you asked, let me tell you, I have very poor boundaries because I was raised to have very poor boundaries. I came from a family where it's more of what do you need? What do you like? I was the, um, what they would call a captain saver hoe. I constantly had my cape on. I was constantly trying to readjust and adapt to whatever was more convenient for the parents um, at the time, whichever parents I was in um, possession of at the time, because that's just who I am. Um, I kind of etch my way into the background so that, you know, when you need me, I'm there. But if you don't need me, you barely notice I'm there or you know I'm there, but I'm not as verbal. I'm not as active. I'm not as like in your face, if that makes sense. And I had to understand that I had very poor boundaries when I went to therapy and my therapist was like, you know, hey, why did you let this person talk to you this way? Or how did it make you feel when they did that? And I had to tell her the truth because, girl, I'm not paying you to lie. Like, well, I'm not paying you all this money to lie to you, okay? So I told her the truth, and she was like, that sounds like, did she, without even a breath, she said, have you heard of this book called um, Boundaries Saying No? And I was like, mm. <laughs> my chest. I had a pain in my chest that I can't breathe. Like, how, how dare you tell me I don't know how to set boundaries? How dare you do your job and instruct me to self-reflect on my own behaviors and ask me to become self-aware so that I can change those behaviors to something more positive that better suits me in my life? How dare you do what I paid you to tell me to do? Like, what? And so when she told me to read this book, I definitely read this book. I definitely had a mental breakdown. I definitely was like, well, can't, what, it, hey, mm-mm, ice, no, please don't tell me I am that individual who has no boundaries. And it's very true. It, I really don't. I don't have boundaries. And not only that, but when someone crosses my boundary, I tend to hold on to that emotion and not speak to them about it. For a long, long time and therefore create this illusion or even create like fake conversations where the person is mad at me when in reality I could just talk to the person immediately when they disrupt my peace or immediately when I feel like I'm they're doing something that I don't care for. And if it bothers them that I'm coming to them, then that's a problem that they have to deal with because one thing that I was informed was that their emotions is that it's not my responsibility, right? It's not my responsibility to make you feel better because you upset me or you cross a boundary and I need you to not do that. And so how that intertwines with the whole friendship thing is that as you start to lose friends, gain friends, and maintain friendships, you start to recognize when and where those boundaries need to be set and how you need to set them. Um, like for instance, when I first came back, I had not seen my family or friends in person for a long time, right? 
I saw them once, maybe, <laughs> like a year or two after I left. And then I didn't see them in person for like four or five years after that. And then I came back home because 2020 was except was rude with a T, like rude, and said, hey, you have to come back, um, which in reality, I did not have to come back. It was a, a manipulation tactic that I had to learn was that tactic that is being has been used on me on several occasions. So once I came back, I met some people that I hadn't seen in a long time and got certain reactions that made me feel uncomfortable at the time. Some of those reactions were about my physical appearance and it made me feel some type of way, right? For some individuals, I could care less because I had not known them for longer than my pinky length, right? Like, girl boo, but boy boo, I don't care about your opinion. Some of them, on the other hand, were really interesting responses from people that I actually did care about or that I felt due to their relationship and proximity to me, the response that I received from them was ex ex inappropriate and unnecessary. It caused a, bit, a huge rift in several relationships in my life. Um, a lot of it was because the transition from where I was when I left, the age, the patterns, the behaviors, the friendships, the relationships, what I remembered versus me leaving and then coming back, for some strange reason, my mind thought, okay, I can come back and fit right back in and everything's going to be fine. And that was not the case at all. So not only did I have to deal with the issues that I had left in Colorado, I had to come back and adjust to the fact that everything that I had left behind was no longer as it was. And in fact, neither was I. I had changed as well. Instead of being that shy person with no boundaries, now I had to come back home and say, this is real, this is me, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, I'm gonna let the light shine on me, right? I had to sit up and say, you cannot speak to me that way, you can't talk to me that way, I no longer wish to have you in my life, I wish to have you in my life, if you wish to continue to be in my life, you need to work on X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and all of the above. And this is the time from which you have to work. And I'm like, I didn't say that part, but I did say that you need to work on these things if you wish to continue to be a part of my life and a part of my reality. Um, and then I also had to understand that for some people, I was the bad guy in their reality. And so I had to come to terms with that. And so at that point, that's when you have to sit and set boundaries, right? So the first boundary I had to learn, which took a year to learn, was saying no, right? I, I as well as others in my life, were so used to me saying yes without hesitation that when I started to say no, people started to drop like flies. It was devastating, right? The friendships that I had built no longer considered me as important because I was no longer convenient for them and that was something that I had to realize and that shattered my perception of what I considered friendship to be 
which is another reason why I feel like a adult or life transition class would be a smart thing to have and be and see and do like as far as middle school into high school and high school into college and college into the actual real world because as for now college is an option but a master's degree is an even bigger option like it's just like if you want I guess who cares right unless you need it then it's not an option So setting those boundaries, it was hard, right? Especially when you start to realize that the friends that you used to have are not the same. And here's the thing, right? You can have individuals who you are genuinely happy for, and that's great. What blew my mind is that when I am genuinely happy for others, like, here's the thing. Um, I'm taking a deep breath. When I came back and I started saying nice things to certain individuals and they started asking, hey, why are you saying these things to me? That made me feel some type of way. What about myself? Like, have I not told you nice things before? And two, have you not had nice people around you before? And that's what took me and and threw me for a whole loop. There are individuals whom you will have known for years and who you will get to know who have not had people who are genuinely excited for their success. I did not know that. It was a lot, you guys. Like, seriously, the transition from going from Colorado back to Texas and having to deal with everything that I had lost in Colorado to everything that I have now was forced to gain like I didn't want like 78 to 93% of what was given to me in Texas I didn't want it I didn't want it at all but I had no choice but to accept and adapt and adjust because that's what we as humans do we have to adapt adjust evolve or we get left behind and eaten alive I chose to adapt adjust and evolve have a mental breakdown in between but get up and keep it pushing because I can't stay down. Like I, I, I just can't, can't do it. So once that, once you set those boundaries, you start to realize that you have to, you can keep setting friends, but you have to keep them at a distance, right? Um, something that I was told was that someone close to me noticed some characteristics and behaviors about another individual close to me. They insinuated that this person was not a good person for me and that they weren't right for me and that, you know, this, that, and the third. What I had to understand and realize is perhaps sometimes people in your life try to sabotage things for you because they are not happy within their own life. And that is something that was difficult to grasp. And like I said, this is why it's important for us to have this class. Because it will teach you how to deal with people who you didn't know were never really your friend. Or who were considered frenemies.
Um, so intertwining all of the things that we've talked about so far, it is difficult to transition to this, especially when you're building a new career and you, you would like a new and great support system, especially when the whole point of having friends and having people in your life is where they can motivate you and inspire you. Now, when I said my friends are getting married and having children, that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to get those things or everybody wants those things, right? So, if you are, how do I say this? It really depends on your upbringing and what you care for and what you like and what you do. As someone who is sheltered, meaning like, as I said before, I was people pleaser. It was more, I was a captain favor host. It was really like I gave all of myself to other individuals so young and so much of myself that unfortunately for a lot of people in this world and for myself, there may be a period in time where I'll have what's called selfish years, meaning I'm going to have those years where I choose myself over anything else. And when you suffer from what is considered people-pleasing tendency or COPD or CPTSD, because COPD is when you cough a lot. So CPTSD and like other almost self-sabotaging behaviors, you have to unlearn those behaviors and that can make you feel type of way in general. And that feeling, which you shouldn't necessarily feel guilty about choosing yourself, can affect the relationship that you have. Because let's say this is actually something that happened to me. I will tell an individual that I don't want to actually go to your party. I don't actually feel like going. And actually, I don't really care to be around any individual, especially you. Like, you don't have to say that, especially you. Part of you just be like, no, I don't want to go. If you are a type of person like myself who is used to just saying yes and giving your all and doing all those things, you might feel guilty for saying no. You might. You just might. Um, you also might not. You might be like, I really don't care. I'm tired. I need to recoup. I need to breathe. I need to take a nap. Um, my body is in distress and I need to rest. Coolio, all good. All good things, right? Um, but for me, it was very traumatizing and traumatic. Like, I felt like these people were not going to like me anymore because I was telling them no and I didn't understand, right? A lot of times my friends were like, well, maybe she's mad at us or maybe this and that. Because, again, these people were used to me saying yes. And when I was saying no and choosing to actually be alone and keep my energy to myself. Because there was a time where if I said yes, it would start a domino effect. They were just confused and rightfully so. Even when I fell into depression, I said, I'm not going to tell anyone about this because I don't want to bring anyone else into my vortex of, you know, sadness. At the time, they were like, um, Bish, why didn't you say anything? Like, we would have gladly given you our hand and pulled you out. I didn't want to tell them, you know, actually I was going through a moment where I had to decide if I could trust any of y'all, like if y'all were truly my friends or if I was truly just going through a traumatic experience where I had to unlearn the fact that there are people in this world who are not genuinely out to get you. Like my working experience in Colorado was traumatic. 
the Caucasus Mountains are dangerous, okay? The snow up there is treacherous, okay? And it teaches you how certain individuals get as far as they do. And it wakes you up to a lot of realities of the world. Whereas in certain communities, if that's where you're from, you may not necessarily be used to the bluntness of the knife. Like, it's just like at least sharpen it a little bit, ease it in, you know? Anyway, my traumatic experience, not anyone else's. But the setting of the boundaries is especially important because it lets you know it states. It's just like, hey, this is, this is my boundary. And I always said to myself, if I do it to one, I have to do it to all. So if I tell my mom, hey, I, you're not going to talk to me this way. In fact, if you would prefer, we don't have to communicate at all. Then I have to do it to my boyfriend who is just like, well, I mean, if I had one, I would do it to my boyfriend and be like, you know, hey, we, you're not going to do this to me. You can't talk to me that way. I'm, you're not going to talk to me that way, period, point blank. And I have to do it to my best friend and say, hey, I love you. We're close and I want you to be buried next to me. But listen, if you keep this up, I will move my plot to the other side of the cemetery and we will just have to see each other in heaven. And yes, I will be petty. Right. Like we have to <laughs> like we have to get that when you set one boundary, you have to set it for all, because if not, then you'll have exceptions and you shouldn't have any exceptions at all when it comes to protecting yourself and setting a boundary for keeping yourself safe and sound and whole and your energy as as clear and as pure as possible. Right. Right. Okay. So I'm not going to lie to you all. This podcast was recorded on a whim and I completely forgot what the last structure was. So I'm going to try and kind of wrap it up as quickly as possible and do like a summary as well as if it comes back to me, Coolio. Oh, wait. And for all of this relates to the last part, which is like growing up and separations. Listen, (laughs) as someone who had to literally stop talking to their entire family for two years and lose a lot of individuals in my life for a while, I want to tell you for a fact that it is quite interesting to have to get rid of individuals in your life or watch them fall off and not reach back out to assist or help them in any way possible listen oh my gosh when I went to therapy I told my therapist what had happened during 2020 and 2021 she informed me that if someone does something like that at their age and they don't apologize, and they don't have any intentions of changing, why would you expect that person to change now? With that being said, another individual in my life who was actually uh, close to the individual who was spoken about during my therapy sessions also stated that this individual is not going to change, they're never going to change, they're stuck in their ways. Another individual, like, here's the thing. When more than one person who 
tell when if more than one person says the same thing about someone and they're not really related or even if they are related you should believe that when somebody shows you who they are you should believe them and so when it comes to growing up in separations growing up what what for me has shown me that when someone shows you who they are you have to believe them and my biggest pet peeve my what I like to call an area of opportunity, which is a pro and a con, is that I like to give chance after chance after chance because that's unfortunately, unfortunately, how I was raised by my great grandmother, which is give love, give love away, give love, right? Like if you give enough love and you give enough chances, someone it eventually will change. Now, as a child, that's how I perceived it. What I think she was trying to say was, if you love someone enough, you're going to give them as many chances as you can, but you can only give them so many chances before you have to show them that you love them enough to let them go, as well as you love yourself enough to let them go. But you don't understand that as a (laughs) five-year-old. So now the separation and the growing up and the saying, you know, hey, I choose me. It's, again, as, as a people pleaser, it's quite interesting to see myself self-reflect and kind of see how I am growing and how I am transitioning and how I am accepting some of the things that require me to stand up and say, actually, you know, I'm going to choose me today or actually today I'm not going to worry about you or, you know, actually today... We're not going to worry about how you feel because you didn't really care about how I felt. So that's that. We, it's, it, like I said before, during the separation and during the transition, it kind of, When I was learning the word no, it forced a lot of people to kind of come to terms with the fact that they could no longer take advantage of me. And that is the cataclysm that kind of propelled me into my first mental breakdown. I wish I had like a little theme music so I could just transition into it. Um, I'll talk about the whole meltdown in depth later but essentially all it did was wake me up to the fact of growing up and seeing things individuals as who they were right and that caused me to be okay with separating so when I first came back before I came back I got a warning from people someone in my life who said you know don't come back nothing has changed it's actually gotten worse don't do it and I should have listened to them but instead you know how it is with children you get the well I just want to see how hot it is like is fire really hot right you know you get that lesson and now when I have an adult and they tell me you know hey don't do this don't do that instead of me ignoring it like (laughs) girl boo (laughs) right I'm realizing like no I'm I'm transitioning into a grown woman like I need to seriously listen to you because you've been doing this a little bit longer and while I don't have to accept everything you say, accepting a portion of what you say and kind of 
like taking it into deep thought, meditating on it, praying on it, fasting on it, asking God to give me clarity on it, it could be exceptionally, it could be helpful to be like, hey, that fire is hot. Oh, word? Okay, you're right. And then just keep going. And you'd be like, all right, well, I guess I won't touch it. Right? Especially if that you see the burn wound on that individual's hand and they're saying, hey, I just touched that. It's hot. Don't touch it. You see the burn wound. You see them holding your hand. You see the fire. You do two plus two equals four, right? And you're sitting here like, okay, that's hot. Let me not touch it. Let me go find some aloe vera so you can put it on your hand because, you know, it's going to be a while before it heals, right? Trauma. But anyway, that kind of ties into the friendships and the boundaries. We have to grow up and you have to allow for separations to occur. The worst part that I'm realizing is that sometimes these separations come from individuals whom you are just flabbergasted by the sheer thought of separating from, such as family members, right? We have all been awakened to the reality that a lot of people in our lives, especially the ones who are closest to us, like best friends, like family, like, I think that's as close as it gets, right? <laughs> like mentors, don't actually want to see you thrive. They actually don't care. They just, some of them don't want you to thrive. Some of them want you to be their brother in a bucket, you know, like crabs in a bucket always want to have a brother. Nobody wants to suffer alone. And to be fair and frank, when I realized that I wasn't the only one who had um, like a toxic, dysfunctional situation, there was some peace in that, right? There's some peace in suffering together, which kind of sucks and it's kind of rude for the tea and it's kind of selfish. But at the same time, it's relieving because it means that it not only means that we're suffering together, but when you see someone who is suffering and you see them get out of it, it makes it kind of a kind of your brain say, okay, well, if they can do it, I can do it too, right? So if you see someone who has a dysfunctional family and they're setting boundaries, you kind of get that understanding, well, if they can set boundaries and, you know, miss their family, but understand that the distance and the separation is better for them in the long run, then I can do it too. If someone who's been friends for 15, 20, 30 years realize that their friend never actually was their friend and never actually wanted to see them succeed, so they have to create that boundary and keep them apart, then that's, but then like, okay, I can still be your friend, but I can't tell you everything that goes on with me. That's something you're like, okay, well, if they can do it, then I can do it too. And sometimes you're not telling them what's going on with you isn't necessarily them not being your friend. It's a tricky situation. I have to learn this it's in a way because there are individuals who, whom you can trust with good news and whom you can't trust with good news, right? So, again, I'll give you an example. Like, say there's this woman on YouTube who, who named this beautiful brown baby doll, a.k.a. Dr. Nina, and she stated that when she went from 220 pounds to 120 pounds, she lost a lot of friends because those friends could not handle that she was no longer like the background that they could stand against to look pretty, right? So that's an example of, okay, well, 
you were only my friend when I was fat and ugly. Now that I'm no longer fat or ugly, you no longer want to want me to be with you. Don't want to hang out with me. You don't want to go on a walk with me. You don't want to talk to me. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. Right? You don't want to. You don't want to do great things with me. You don't want to celebrate my success. That, my dear, that <laughs> is an example. And even another example, which I personally don't understand why you wouldn't, because I love weddings. I remember going to my friend's autumn. Oh, that's it. I shouldn't have said her name. It doesn't matter. I remember going to my friend's wedding, and she would tell me that she couldn't invite certain people because those individuals didn't want to see her get married to the guy she was getting married to. And so I was like, girl, what? But you're having the best wedding. You're having a costume party wedding. Like, who doesn't want to go to a costume party wedding? I let her re- later realize that the reason why she had everyone wear a costume was because she was the only one who wanted to wear a white dress. And she was like, that's the only way I can get someone to not stand me up. And I was like, genius. Genius. Right? Everyone dressed like a clown, dressed like Sailor Moon, dressed like Powerpuff Girls. I'm the bride. Genius. Genius. Um, but yeah, like she would tell me, you know, oh, I have, this person isn't coming or I don't want to invite so-and-so-in-law because they are just horrible. Like their thought process, their politics, who they are, how they smell, how they act, their, what they do, how they pronounce their name. Like just the randomest things that meant a lot to her and I could see it affecting her was the reason why she couldn't invite them. And it made me understand that there are people out there who are not always happy for you. And it truly sucks. In my perfect world, right, because I'm a wimp and I'm a softie and I'm so sensitive and I see the glass as half full, like 99.9999876% of the time, everyone will be happy for everyone. Like, we would all be friends. There wouldn't be a need for any of this stuff. You know, we wouldn't be mad that there are people of non-color singing Kubaya songs despite the fact that they've never had a non-Kubaya moment, right? We wouldn't be having those moments. We would be like, everybody chill. Just chill. Here's, literally, here's a funnel cake. Go sit down somewhere. Your taxes are paid for. Go sit down, right? But that's not the true story. That's not how it works. That's not how friendships work. That's not how boundaries work. That's not how growing up works. That's not how separations work. Speaking of separations, your girl has gone through some things, man. It sucks when you realize that something that you wanted to happen or something that you thought was spoken on doesn't happen and so it causes you to separate now before we get too deep and start crying understand that sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder right absence absence makes the heart grow fonder so if you may be separated for a while now but that separation could be for your throttle into life right it's a minor setup for a major comeback. So yes, it might be detrimental and it might be so painful to not be next to somebody or not to have something or to not be somewhere. But understand that that separation 
could cause you some clarity as well as give you a greater depth and understanding and a, a time and peace of moment where you can plan where you are and what you need to be doing so that you can plan your next move and not only just plan it because there's such thing as analysis paralysis but act on that next move that could put you at a point where you sincerely and wholeheartedly get it done okay where you get it done you get it done you you handle the business you are just killing the game right and that's what we want that's what we want to see that's how we want to be if we want to act we want you to act we want you to change because what i've learned is that god isn't his rejection is usually your protection. So if you're not supposed to be with something or someone or doing something or at a certain job or at a certain location or whatever, it's because he needs you to grow. He needs you to do something real quick. Before I give you this thing, I need you to do this one thing. I know, I know. I've been asking you to do a lot of things lately. But after I ask you to do a thing, do I usually give you a thing? Yeah, okay. So just do this thing. Just do this one thing for me and I'm going to give you the other thing. We're going to have a thing thing, okay? Okay, right? So, not all separations are negative. Some are, like I said before, where you have to separate from your family or your friend because you realize there's a not necessarily a miscommunication, but a misalignment on so many things. And just like, this ain't going to work, baby. This ain't going to work at all. Here's the boundary. Here's the moat. Here's the ocean. Here's the new continent. Let's go ahead and have some tectonic plates smash and shatter and you know, create a whole new country because we're not dealing with this. You got to go on that side of the earth. I'm going to go on the side of the earth. Um, call me when you die, right? But sometimes the separation is, hey, right now we, we're good for each other, but we met at the wrong moment. Or, you know, I can't focus when I'm around you. You are a distraction. I need to leave, build and build and succeed and then come back when I have what we need. I swear you guys, I am not a rapper and I am not Dr. Who, but sometimes I'll be feeling like I'll be spitting reckless. Like you know what I'm saying? Anyway, um so yeah, that's kinda that's kinda how it is. You can take it one way or you can see it with a heart of gratitude. Now, let's go ahead and wrap this up because this podcast is getting quite lengthy and I'm not really sure what everyone's attention span is, is, is looking like nowadays that we have TikToks and Insta, Insta shorts and, and YouTube shorts. So when it comes to all of this, the one thing that we can all agree on is that the only constant thing in life is change. Our friendships change, the dynamics change. The boundaries that we have to set and or take away change and the growth and the separations as well as, you know, the dynamics within within each other change. Sometimes we have to move across the world to live our best lives and our careers or go find our significant others or just live. And that might include um, like a distance in the communication. But let it be known, let it be said that it does not mean that anything has changed. It just means that for a moment, I need you here 
I need you to focus on this. And if you, and if what's meant for you is supposed to be there, it'll come. It'll come. It has to come with work. But if it's meant to be for you, it'll come. And that's just how I see things. If you're meant to have that friendship, if you're meant to have that family member of your life, if you're meant to have that career, if you're meant to do anything, if you're meant to have success in certain areas that you want to be in, it'll come to you because it's meant for you. And if it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's not meant for you at that moment. It could just be for another time. Or it could be that you're meant to help someone else reach that goal. And while reaching that goal, you will reach whatever it is that's actually supposed to be yours. So with that being said, go make a friend today, right? You can just say something nice to someone. Hey, I like your shoes. Hey, you have a nice smile. Hey, you have a soothing voice. Whatever. Go try to make a friend as an adult a day. Go have a well-rounded life where you have family, friends, mentors, acquaintances, mentees, co-workers, etc., business partners, you know, etc., etc., Understand that at some point in life, if not all the way through life, you will have to set boundaries. These boundaries may be painful, but they may also be extremely necessary, not just for the sake of your growth, but for the sake of the fact that maybe you're teaching that person a lesson they didn't know. Like maybe they didn't know that they they were doing this thing to you. And now that they know, it will not only reflect on themselves for the relationship with you, but they will reflect on themselves with the relationship with others as well. It is okay to grow separately. It is okay to grow and then separate. It is okay to separate and then grow together. The whole point is growth. All right, that was the last two put together because so thank you all for listening. I truly appreciate this. Please let me know if there's anything else you'd like for me to talk about. Um, if no one else has told you this today, know that you mean the world to somebody. Okay? I believe in you, and I'll see and hear you all. I'll talk to you all next time.